0: christ the apple tree so again the senses what does the psalm say taste and see and you could add and feel and smell the goodness of the lord it's a command (laughs) it's not a suggestion hey you know you might want to try tasting and see the goodness of the lord you know it kind of works every once in a while I might want to try it. That's not what it says. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. It's emphatic. Do it. It's good for you. You were made for it. You were made for it. The poem mentioned the word thrive. We here, look at this. (laughs) Look at what happens in verse (laughs) 4. Suddenly, suddenly, he, emphasis on Jesus, he transported me into his house of wine. He looked upon me with his unrelenting love divine. Something happened. Something happened. You couldn't have predicted it. You couldn't have made it happen. It's not a recipe. It's not a formula. It's not a novena. (laughs) It's not a chaplet. Right? It's just being there. It's just letting him, letting him love on you. God, I want you to love on me. I am so ready. I'm so scared. I feel unworthy. But just have your way, Lord. Have your way. Let it be done unto me according to your word. And then suddenly, he transported me into his house of wine. We're still in the purgative stage, by the way. This is still just, just the beginning. He looked upon me with his unrelenting love divine. Revive me with your raisin cakes. Refresh me again with your apples. Help me and hold me. Help me and hold me. For I'm lovesick. I'm longing for more. Yet how could I take more? His left hand cradles my head while his right hand holds me close. I am at rest in his love. Maybe you've never prayed like this before. This is so good. This is so good. God wants to love you this way. This is healing. Again, we're just in the purgative stage, right? He's wooing you. He's assuring you that you are this lovable to him. I like to say that you're all a special blend. Each and every one of you is a unique blend of truth, goodness, and beauty. A few coffee lovers out there, or, or scotch, you know, a unique blend of truth, goodness, and beauty. Which is to say, when he's with you, he sees something and he tastes something that he doesn't get to see or taste anywhere else. And that's why, you know, because sometimes I'll say to people, well, you know, God loves you. Oh, God has to love everybody, Father. <laughs> Yeah, I know he loves me, but he has to love me. He has to love everybody. He's God. That doesn't sound very passionate to me, does it? (laughs) So he loves you individually, specifically, uniquely, particularly. He gets excited, thrilled, as it said in chapter one, thrilled about the opportunity to spend time with you. Because he does want you to thrive. That came out in the poem. Thrive. This paradigm allows us to thrive. But when when we're striving, when we feel like we have to strive, when we feel like we have to behave and perform and get results, that's really more like survival mode. Survival mode, and Jesus does not want us to live in survival mode. Sometimes we have to do that because we gotta survive. We gotta make ends meet. You know, life happens. Gotta rally the troops. Whatever. That happens. And there's nothing wrong about that. But then there there comes a time, and and there's a place where the Lord. Wants us to realize that even in the midst of everything, life, we can thrive with Him and in Him and through Him. John 10:10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full. John, Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, it's where He's talking about Himself as, as being the Good Shepherd. So that makes you think of what For Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. I'm lacking nothing. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Surely, goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. Psalm 23, if you want to pray with that, as a complimentary scripture verse. Jesus speaks in verse 7, Promise me, Jerusalem maidens, by the gentle gazelles and delicate deer, that you'll not disturb my love until she is ready to arise. So this speaks in a subtle way to God's subtlety. How he will respect where you're at and what you're ready for and what you're not ready for. I'm afraid to go there. Well, then he won't go there until you're ready. I don't want to think about that. Okay? Okay. You won't think about that until you're ready to think about it. The Shulamite says, listen, I hear my lover's voice. I know it's him coming to me, leaping with joy over mountains, skipping in love over the hills that separate us. Again, we're in the purgative stage. So what separates you from Jesus? He is willing, literally, to go through hell to save you, to rescue you, to redeem you. So whatever has happened or whatever is happening, it doesn't scare him. It might scare you. It doesn't scare him. And that's good to know. And just knowing that and being able to meditate on that for a minute, oh, okay, well, I'm terrified of that thing, but, but Jesus isn't terrified of it, huh? Well, maybe I can ask Jesus. Let me describe him. He is graceful as a gazelle, swift as a wild stag. Now he comes closer, even to the places where I hide. Oh, he gazes into my soul, peering through the portal as he blossoms within my heart. He's just peering How's it going in there? I see hiding back there. It's okay. It's okay. You come out when you're ready. I'll be here. As he blossoms within my heart. So he recognizes that it's a process. He recognizes that it's a process, and that there has to be some trust. Some, yeah, some trust established. He is trustworthy. We could trust him in because he's trustworthy. He is worthy of being trusted. That's what it means to be trustworthy. And and certainly you all. Know that to some degree, otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here on a Friday afternoon. So obviously there's at least a little part of you that trusts Jesus. There's probably other parts of you that struggle with that, and that's okay. Welcome to humanity, right? That's okay. Right, so ask for the grace then to be kind and gentle to those parts of yourself. We say that, right? I don't want to get into that talk right now, but our interiority, our inner life is complex. Because we're talking spirituality and psychology and emotions and... Our bodies, our memories, our fears, our hopes, our dreams, our sorrows, our wounds, our virtues, our vices were very complex. Bless you. And so part of this journey with the Lord from purgative to illuminative to unitive, it's a a kind of integration that happens more and more. Because sin did what? It disintegrated us. Original sin and our own personal sin and the sins of the world around us created disintegration. A rupture. A rupture. In our relationship with God, in our relationship with each other, In our relationship with ourselves, in our relationship with nature. (laughs) I like to say mosquitoes, fruit of the fall. (laughs) Fruit of the fall. So we get disintegrated when we sin, but when we repent, when we come in contact with the living God, he heals us. And so you can conceive of healing as becoming integrated again. Integrated, whole. It's a nice play on words in English. To be holy is to be whole. W-H-O-L-E. So to be holy, H-O-L-Y, is to become Whole and more and more so. To be more and more integrated with God and with yourself. Again, speaking of these neurotheologians and modern science and psychology, we now know that in a certain sense we, quote-unquote, split sometimes when there's a trauma. So when there's a situation that's too intense for us to process in the, in the moment, the mind kind of buries that or splits and, and sets that apart for a time. And it'll try to come come out and, and become integrated and processed. But it's a healthy response, actually. It's a healthy God-created response to an unhealthy situation, you could say. We can't help it. It's how God made us, thankfully. It's how kids survive terrible things. When they happen around them or to them. It's how they survive. It's how we survive. Even as adults. But then to heal, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually and psychologically, we need strength from without. We need God. We need Jesus. The divine physician. To heal us, not only to reconcile us with God, but to reconcile us with ourselves. Try rereading the parable of the prodigal son in this light. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would all admit that we have both the younger son and the older son. Inside of us. Because <coughs> maybe we've been the younger son and wandered off. And then we have another part of ourselves that says, Oh, get back here, and you never should have done that, and shame on you, and you know. Kind of reels us back in, you know. So we we have both inside of us. And many Parts like that. So here's Jesus calling out to us. This is a very intense chapter. Verse 10. The one I love calls to me. Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come away with me. I've come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. Just let that wash over you right now. (laughs) He's calling you out. Because there is a bondage there. There's an enslavement there. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. A reference to the spirit. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. Pruning, purging, synonyms. I hear the cooing of doves in our land. Doves, Holy Spirit, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. I love the cover of our binders. Awakening love. How about that? Because God wants you to thrive. He wants you to thrive. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. I love that. I love that. It's so hopeful. It's so hopeful. And undoubtedly, we all face certain circumstances that seem hopeless. And there are so many things we can't control. But one thing we can control is our response to the Lord and what he's doing. And what I believe he's showing you here what he's trying to tell you is that he wants to do something new with you. It doesn't matter where you're at in this process, in this journey. He wants to show you new things this weekend and going forward. He wants to show you new places in his heart for you wants to show you new things about yourself that you didn't even know about. Good things about yourself that you didn't even know or that you've forgotten. Verse 14. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer.